0: This isn't just basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. And with William Hill Sportsbook, you can dial up the playoff intensity from the palm of your hand. Just download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RADIO-RF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid in free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Proud partner of the NBA. Let's make it interesting.
2: Hello, my name is Dave Hanley and there will be No Encore. Welcome to episode 18 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I'm joined in studio today by Cole Morrigan. How's it going? Uh, we're not joined by Craig Fitzpatrick. Nobody sent a message. Did he send a message? He did.
1: <laughs> Do you want to deliver that message? He said, hey, and I will always love you. Did he say that? He did. just typed it, but it was implied that I sing.
2: I think he can do it better than he did, uh, I would imagine. So, yeah, Craig's not here. Um, I think it's his commitment to our new bingo slash drinking game that we have uh, installed on the podcast. And the fact that before we've even began this episode, one of those cards, one of those
1: squares, I should say, on the tile card thingamajig can be ticked off. So, thanks, Craig. There's another one that can be ticked off here if you're playing along at home, because if Craig was here, there would be a Kanye segment. Kanye! That he came out at Drake and Future's gig and said that he's glad his wife has Snapchat and so no one can talk shit about Ye no more. Um, you can tick that one off if you, you want. You can, and we should note that
2: the genius inventor behind this bingo situation slash drinking game is here with us in the studio today, Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are you?
3: Good. I'm excited for everybody to take a drink.
2: Yeah, see this is the thing. Do you do you think of it more as a bingo game or a drinking game or what's your? Because you came up with I like, don't
3: the, the, think the two are at all um mutually exclusive. Is is that the right way to say that? I, I, I don't imagine ever playing bingo and not drinking. So
1: okay. Yeah. I haven't played bingo ever. I believe having to play Dringo bingo would drive you drink. Dringo. Dringo. <laughs> Dringo, yeah, like why that? not? Yeah. 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 No it.
3: encore Dringo, yeah.
2: Uh, I should point out that Andrea is a writer for Head Stuff and a musicologist. I am. Which is a very big word.
3: I'm an ethnomusicologist. That's an even bigger word. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you tell us what that means? Oh, uh, it's, the, it's the study of everything that isn't Western classical music.
1: <laughs> We're fucked <laughs> then, aren't we?
3: No, no, you guys are in, in the, the popular music sect of musicology it's all terribly complicated it sounds it yeah it sounds
2: like fucking like George or Martin wrote this or something yeah, like just yeah. endless stream of words and that's, lots of betrayals I presume
3: that's the masters. that's it yeah
2: Jesus um, you've been plugging away at this for quite a while so the yeah. finish line's on the site.
3: it's the 15th of next month
2: Okay. And she had to be on this podcast as part of her, uh, you know, it's kind of like a placement thing. Otherwise, they won't, they won't honour it. That's yeah. how big we are now, guys.
1: We are making a name for ourselves, we as you
2: found out. I did. Uh, I was out the other <laughs> night, night in the workman's club, uh, where Vincent Casey sometimes resides, hiding in the corner, the craven and gutless soul <laughs> that he is. And, yeah, um, someone approached me, walked by the barrel thing I was sitting at actually, with my friends, and said, Dave Hanrody? No encore? And I was like, well, okay, what the fuck? This makes no sense. I'm being recognised. I was recognised. For the first time ever, I was never recognized for being a drummer in a band or a journalist. But now I'm recognized for uh, what isn't a visual medium. That's
1: the most worrying part of it. It's very strange. Um, How loud were you talking? You
3: know me. That was my first thought. I was like, he must have heard you giving out or talking about Kanye West.
2: I don't think I was doing either for a change. Maybe that's what it was. There was just something in the air. But um, <laughs> I must say, uh, he he seemed like a very nice young man. Uh, shout out to Killian, who's a fan of the podcast. Hi, and Killian. Thanks very much for, for, for that. So yeah, um, I think we're officially famous now. I think that's what that means. I guess so. And that's why Craig Fitzpatrick doesn't need to be here anymore. <laughs> We've already gotten all we need. And uh, yeah, of course. So Craig, as we know, has a very kind of strange, demanding job as an international assassin and therefore <laughs> can't always make the podcast every single week. But he's a very serious journalist. He's a very serious man, Isn't he? I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. And uh, I hope Loves he- the strokes. He loves the strokes, yeah. But look, you know, he'll return eventually whenever we, we deem that necessary. But we're going to plow ahead. And uh, we're going to get to the heart of an issue, which is, you know, something that affects a lot of people, really. And it's something that we kind of see every day. And I know I've I've never really experienced it myself. I've always been someone to try and stay away from this aspect of (laughs) culture. But some people have a bit of a predilection and obsession about uh, festival wristbands.
1: Yeah. I mean, we talked before about sort of scourge of the selfie at gigs. And this is the ultimate example, really, isn't it, of that sort of self-indulgent. I was there. Apparently, it's not such a good idea. Um, Scientists have said that a two-year-old wristband can contain basically something like 10 times more uh, bacteria than your clothes are likely to have, which is pretty
3: horrible. It's the selfie that just lingers on after a gig. It's like bringing around a selfie of yourself and showing it to people of you at longitude. It's like, no one
2: cares. I've seen people like, and it's like... Their entire arm is covered in wristbands. Yeah. A friend uh, of mine actually wore his wristband for three years after he went to an Austrian festival years ago. And he loved it so much that he kept it on. But like, I think when he finally took it off, it was like a big deal.
3: Yeah. I I was at Electric Picnic for their 10th birthday. And I was queuing up to get my little 10th birthday cupcake. And the lodge in front of me had 10 Electric Picnic wristbands on and in the context of a festival that was real impressive i was like yeah that's that's deadly man you're cool we're we're best mates forever and then i thought about it some more and i was like oh that sounds a bit manky and it's got to
1: be said (laughs) that for every other weekend of the year he just looks like a weirdo
3: (laughs) don't do that
2: um i remember that festival i remember that cupcake cupcake. it was a really good cupcake i got two i got two as well and with the second one what i did was I hid it away uh, for like the, the evening to impress a girl ah. who was having a bad day. And when I went to give it to her and reveal it, I dropped it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is, that's you all over. It
1: really is. No wonder you
3: don't go to festivals. Yeah, anymore.
1: it really, really is. But uh, nonetheless. Um, but I do enjoy this story. It, it, it's like basically wearing a wristband for that long is so bad for you that you would be safer to like try to homemade tattoo it on yourself.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> who wants to try and pronounce the bacteria that is referenced in this story? I'm pretty
1: confident that, uh, micrococci and staphylococci. Staphylococci is what I was going to go with. I was going. It's bit.
3: definitely cocci. <laughs> he's, he's not an
1: Italian footballer.
3: <laughs> oh, football! You can cross that bit off. St- Listener. Oh, fuck's
2: sake! <laughs> staphylococci. Uh, yeah, I mean, like. That's a pretty good job, Colin. Well done. Yeah. But I uh, know um, this is the thing. It's leaving Sir Biology is not yeah. that difficult. Like. <laughs> like I like how this story ends. It's like, yeah, uh, you hear that? You're not only a danger to fashion, but to the safety of others. Cut it off. Cut it off now. Yeah.
1: And basically, just you look like a twat. So do it anyway.
3: I'd give the same advice to uh, white people that have dreadlocks
1: uh, or Native American headdresses. Yeah,
3: cut it off. Cut it off now. Which
2: is like the big thing. Some of the photographs from Knocknsocken, by the way. I was like, what year is this? What year is this festival set in? Why people were wearing clothes that. Just look like something out of Woodstock in the sixties. Oh, like. oh, that's I'll all in there. Yeah.
3: That's, that's, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. I,
1: I, like, I don't even know how to describe them. You know, I thought leading on from Indian headdresses, you were saying like that they were wildly racist. you just what year is this? Well, they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't go to festival dressed as a minstrel anymore. <laughs>
2: well, are the good old days. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we should keep on this fashion theme. Uh Colm is a bit of a, a sartorial kind of what's the word. Uh, Guru. Enthusiast, I guess, yeah. guru. Okay, we're we'll I, I, I know shit. Yeah, you're into your fashion. I don't really
1: practice what I preach, you're, but I do know shit.
2: You're big into your fashion, so I must ask. Um, you presumably have taken in the odd episode of America's Next Top Model.
1: Very much the odd episode is not something that grabbed me. Okay, so in a huge the way.
2: news that Tyra Banks is to step down as the host, hostess, I uh, should say, or whatever, uh, and be replaced by Rita Ora mm-hmm. uh, hasn't upset you, but it sounds like it's upset you. So uh,
3: it's just like. Tyra Banks I, I'm very much the same like watch the odd episode of America's Next Top Model watch like the last 10 minutes when they'd show the pictures and what they've done with them and the fashion stuff I'm like yeah cool Tyra Banks wrecks my head like absolutely wrecks my head really? Uh, hang on uh, hang on
1: the woman who gave us this
0: maybe I am angry inside I've been through stuff so I'm angry yes, yes. But, but it's not nothing. this is not be okay. quiet but so everybody be quiet. quiet that's what is I'm wrong not with you ahead, but you're stop not, it you're I have never in my life yelled at a girl like this. When my mother yells at this, it's because she loves me. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you learn something from this? You go to bed at night, you lay there, and you take responsibility for yourself because nobody's gonna take responsibility for you. You roll in your eyes and you act like this because you've heard it all before. You've heard it all before. You don't know where the hell I come from. You have no idea what I've been through, but I'm not a victim. I grow from it and I learn. Take responsibility
1: for yourself. She wrecks your head.
3: Yeah. uh, Loved that bit. And I love when she goes a bit nuts and stuff. But in the same way that I watch Kim Kardashian or something. Like, love it. But oh my God, hon. No. But the show is
2: really about her, isn't that the whole point yeah, of this thing? Like, it's about
3: her being really mean to a load of wannabe models who think that they're going to have a career and they're not.
1: Well, see, I find her inspiring, and <laughs> Dave knows. I do that know this. Our motto in life basically comes from Tyra. Um, although, strictly speaking, it comes more from Tegan and Sarah who, who relayed the story of. Tyra talking to someone who'd kind of had a bad photo shoot and was making excuses and and Tyra kind of explained, you know, one day, one day, like my grandmother just died and like my feet hurt and I was on my period and all this stuff was happening. And you know what you do? You know what you do? You just model through it. (laughs) And I think that's really what we're all doing in this life, just (laughs) modeling through it. You have a sign above your door that you
2: slap every day when you leave and it says play like a champion today. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful uh, piece of imagery and, you
1: know, it sets you up for your day. But uh, why don't you have one that says model through it? I can't just walk around my house slapping numerous signs. I'd never leave the house, basically. I think that we need to make this project happen. This sounds like a fun home project.
3: I'd leave a sign in every room.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got a picture of the A team above my uh, kitchen door. And a stuffed seal elsewhere, as we know. So, you know... I'm going to end up on hoarders if we if we follow through in this. Perfect.
2: Uh, Tyra Banks, by the way, is not just the host of uh, this show, or at least for the last little while. Um, she is a qualified author, and I'll have you know, that, um, qualified qualified author, qualified author. author okay. as in, in that she has been published. I uh, want
3: to see her certificate, well, and or credentials. It's personally.
2: called Model Land. That's the name of the book that she wrote uh and it says uh like on the back of it it says Tyra Banks resides in Modelland, where she, uh, where she's writing the next book uh the heroine of her series is called Tucky de la Creme I know this because I have a hardback edition of the book because a friend of mine got it for me <laughs> wow. uh right before he presented me with my real gift which is a much more treasured item but uh yeah if anybody wants to borrow a
1: 436 page book about nothing I'm I've got right. a, a got a copyright there for you I just like the idea of qualified writer writer yeah. I mean what like a rhetiologist is it and Let's like ask musicologists, shall we? Yeah. Well, I, I, I was no, about to say that, you know, what? Well, like, I mean, how often do people point out it does sound made up?
3: A musicologist, yeah. or or a popular music scholar, um, is another one. Um, yeah. budding but 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 but.
1: But. But
2: content creator, that's what that sounds like to me. Taught architect.
1: Oh God,
2: I've heard that used. Mm. I've heard that used. I I
3: I want to clarify one thing about Tyra Banks. Right, just before everyone comes at me. I'm not saying nothing about modelling. I think modeling's a real hard job and I couldn't do it and it's great and fair play. But she's just a bit mean to everyone and I just think there's no need. Well, it's it very,
2: very, very cutthroat industry. I'll have you know that I went to see the Neon Demon again. <laughs> again? Uh, yeah, for the second time, yeah. That's mental behaviour. Enjoyed it a lot more the second time around, I have to say. I think it'll be in my top five of the year rather than my bottom five. But yeah, uh, <laughs> we haven't mentioned Rita Ora and is that because she's just completely uh, like non-memorable?
1: Well, no, because this is the thing. I mean, Tyra is... Mean to everybody on that show at least so I gather. Um, but that's kind of what being a talent show judge is all about. Rita Orr has obviously done the voice and done X Factor, so clearly this is now her own little cottage industry. She is a talent show judge with a sideline in music at this point. I sounds.
3: couldn't name a song
1: by her. No, and, nor could and, I, nor I. Nor could I. Could and it's do. that or, R.I.P.
3: I think is one of her songs. It's
2: crap. Like, yeah, yeah. She has that kind of EDM thing. She's going on.
3: she's really. She's got a good, like, Instagram brand. Like, she's good at doing makeup. Spoken
1: like a true thought architect there. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess the question that she and her record company and whoever else is asking, as well as we are, is that after a project like this, are we going to know her songs more? Because it is about building a brand, and it is about getting that visibility. Oh yeah, like those,
2: no- you mentioned, the voice, those judges on the voice, the X Factor, etc. Like it's, it's 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 about them. It's not about you know like hmm. Colm Regan from whereabouts are you from in Cork? Bishopstown, Bishopstown in Cork. Like like it's not about that. It's it's about like 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 Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs did not go onto that show, the voice, because he's so passionate about the next big fucking thing. He was like, my band's a bit flagging here. This will work for me. And now they're coming back with more poppy material yeah. because mm-hmm. he's obviously been exposed to a different audience. So it's all... Yeah,
0: and, and in Re- the
1: same way, I mean, like, and I know this because I've talked to him about it, like, the script and their UK profile blew up when Danny O'Donohue joined the first season or two of that show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and especially when you look at Rita Ward going transatlantic, like, she, they've got to be thinking a weekly slot on everyone's TV is going to be kind of like furthering the chances here.
3: But she kind of she runs with a crew that like it it seems to me like it would be easy for her to get people to write her good pop songs. She hangs around with Nick Grimshaw, with Harry Styles, you know, with Alexa Chung. She's in a really stylish group of people and it seems like if she wanted to have that big pop career that she obviously tried to do before and it didn't really pay off musically. Like is is this going to be the thing that does it or is this going to be the thing where we just become completely oversaturated? Well, she pops up here and
2: there to the point where I'm like, well, she's clearly like, you know, people are invested in her to different capacities because she pops up very, very briefly in like Fast and the Furious 6. She pops up in... Does she? Yeah, yeah. Like like she's like leads in a race or something because like, they're okay. in London. Uh, she pops up in Fifty Shades of Grey and mm. she is obviously doing this now. So... This to me is like, you know, just like someone is clearly like, you know, on the book somewhere and they have to fit her in somewhere else. And this is the yeah. next thing in her, you know, quote unquote career. But hey, look, I'm sure she's grand. Uh, but uh, the fashion world continues to get involved in the music world, doesn't it, Cullum?
1: Yeah, more interesting development is a hosier teaming up with uh, John Varvatas, um menswear designer who's basically recruited him for his autumn winter collection. He's kind of got a unplugged version of a hosier song involved. There's going to be, you know, a GQ spread, Vanity Fair, all the rest of it. It's an odd move for Hosier. He's tall and he's got long hair. He's a bit handsome. Is he though? I don't see it. Yeah,
3: I don't know. Well, I don't know.
1: Never looked at him long enough to judge his cheekbones.
3: I've, I have I heard his music before I saw him, so that might, it might be that whole musician thing. But
1: Well,
2: John Vervato says that he had a connection when he first heard his song, Take Me to Church. I call him a renaissance man. He's <laughs> a young man who looks at the world, at all of the things that are happening, <laughs> and how people are treated. He's a bit of a poet, and he's a very handsome guy. All the boxes kind of checked. He was already a customer, and as such was a pleasure to work with.
3: This reminds me of that Kardashian quote where it's like, Oh, it's the year of realising stuff. stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> isn't it? It is its yeah, It's a yeah. whole lot of nothing. Hey, she wasn't wrong. Th- th-
1: no, I've she wasn't. i a lot. Yeah, things so and stuff. We're all realising so stuff this much. year. <laughs> I mean, in one way, I can kind of understand how he here because, like, he's just ching, been... Ching, ching, ching. Partially, but, like, I mean, look, no, he's not struggling for cash, to be fair. The one thing he probably is struggling for is anything new that he can really control. Because, I mean, the poor man's been a take-me-to-church... Jukebox on legs oh, yeah. for over two years now. I mean, it's almost two years since that album was released, never mm-hmm. mind the song.
3: Mm-hmm. That's the only song on the album that I skip when I'm
1: listening to it. And so, I mean, you know, he's got to be getting tired of this song. I skipped the entire album
2: by not listening to it.
3: I, I, I like the album, but that song is too much.
1: He fun. did a song for the Tarzan
2: soundtrack recently. Mm-hmm. Anybody bother checking it out? I've, oh. I've heard it. I presume it's just. I heard grand. it in a, in a shop. Well, Hosier describes his own personal style as functional and said he likes bravado's work, quote, from his shoes to his jackets. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. There you go. And presumably
1: everywhere spoken, in between.
3: Spoken like a man who knows nothing about fashion. Yeah. <laughs> How I, would you describe yourself? Functional. I mean, I mean,
1: the thing that makes this slightly more interesting, though, is like we say, I mean, you know, whether you're a big fan of Hosier's album, as Trey is, or you're not, as Dave is, like he is at least doing something interesting, something different, and certainly in an Irish context. I don't think anyone's going to lose sleep over Rita Ora if she kind of turns her back on music somewhat. You know, it was never going to be a case where it was kind of, you know, Joni, Janice, Patty and Rita in the kind of (laughs) of Mount Rushmore of female voices of our time or something like. But, I, I don't know, Hosier... I mean, look, if it's just him in front of a camera for a few photos, then fuck it. It's grand. It's
2: fine. He seems like a nice dude. Like, I mean, like, fair play to him. But, like, ultimately, it doesn't. You you, you said, like, it's interesting. It doesn't make me more interested in the guy. What would make me more interested in the guy is is that if his second album has anything other than what we've heard so far. And I don't think it will, because, you know, it'll be the Ed Sheeran thing of clearly talented, can clearly write songs, could be very interesting if they chose to be, but mostly plays it safe. Maybe he just has to start making shit up.
3: I'd like to see him do kind of more bluesy stuff isn't that he, what he does no he does, no, huh? no he doesn't he doesn't sing the blues he sings about singing the blues do you know like I'd like to see him actually get into it
2: is that he, not the worst though like I mean
3: yeah it it is but maybe the, he'll sing
1: about singing about singing the blues the
3: <laughs> the music is there do you know in, in some tracks how's
1: his fifth album is going to be called Hall of Mirrors <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, I'd I'd like to see. It, and like. he'll
2: look good in those mirrors as he wears the new John Vervetto. <laughs> yeah, collection. Absolutely will. I've never heard of that guy, though. You were like Google it, because I asked you because I was like, you'll know, because you're like you're, like you're a fashion conscious soul, and you were like Google it, Dave. I
1: was like, well, I, I mean, I'm not that familiar. I mean, shit, I'm a journalist. Do you think I'm that familiar <laughs> with anything in high fashion? I mean, I've read it in magazines. You so dress that's well, it. you know. I do my best, mate. Thanks.
3: <sighs>
2: Let's go back to the past, though, shall we? Let's go back to one of the best songs of all time. Uh, Let's have a quick listen to uh, this.
1: It doesn't get old. It doesn't. This song came up in conversation last week from one of the greatest questions and answers of early internet, where someone had heard this song, didn't know what it was, and had put on you know that Yahoo questions. They'd kind of our Yahoo answers even should I say. They'd put, does anyone know this song? It's a techno oh, yeah. song, and they play it at sporting events. It goes, just spelled out the and someone first answer just goes. Is that Sandstorm by Darude?
3: <laughs> and that's that's everywhere now whenever someone's like, if you look in YouTube comments and it's like, what's the song at three minutes into the video? And everyone will always reply "Darude Sandstorm." Yeah, Because it's the greatest song ever written yeah. and there's no point in it's, it. W-
2: it's worked its way into our hearts in a natural yeah. fashion. But it's built on a lie. It's built on a lie. Like, like most things in life, uh, you just can't trust anybody, can you? No, like th- this year has been so cruel and it continues. Yeah. Uh, yes, Finnish DJ Darude uh, found worldwide acclaim at the turn of the century with this track, and, yeah, his real name is... Uh, actually, you know what, Colm? I'm going to throw it to you here because you've got some Scandinavian kind of blood. Or, I don't know. What's blood? The Not blood. blood. Not on my hands. Uh, Billy Bertanen. There you go. He was doing an AMA on Reddit. You know, that kind of thing that all the cool kids do. And was asked, you know, hey, man, were you ever actually in a sandstorm? And he said, no. But I've been in a smaller one. A dust devil, or whatever you want to call a it. dust devil. Yeah. So he's got a photograph from a few years ago when he was landing in Arizona, where he literally landed like a few minutes before... A, a sandstorm blew through the airport. Not quite the same thing as it makes But
3: the song isn't called a few minutes before a sandstorm. It could
1: or be or
2: Dust Route.
3: Devil for that matter. Or a dust, dust Devil. This, this is the question
1: though. I mean, like, would it make a fucking difference? Like, <laughs> like, it's clearly, it's not in the lyrics. It doesn't actually affect There aren't the any struct. lyrics. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't affect the structure of the song at all. Why did he have to call it Sandstorm? Could it have been as big a hit if it was called Dust Devil? Yeah, we'll never know or a few minutes before the sandstorm I, th- I, is the case, I think maybe. you need
3: that that sibilance
1: a few minutes before the sandstorm
2: sends out the kind of song Hojir will have on that fifth album and you know I'm sure it'll be really emotional and all that kind of stuff um, is there an argument that is a bit of a poor man's father John Misty or am I just saying that because number one it's
1: a link and number two they got long hair uh, I think probably the first one uh, mainly can, uh,
3: Listener, you can tick that off your bingo box and have a little shot of whiskey
1: there, It wasn't so. even my smooth link, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was Father though. John Misty, it was, and it must be said, I'm, I'm sorry that Craig isn't here in studio for this, because uh, last week Father John Misty was playing a festival and basically took the opportunity to lament what's going on in the world and uh, not so much uh, please his fans. He delivered a massive speech. It was a kind of a 10-minute improvised tune, uh, you know, giving out about politics and media and entertainment. And, yeah, it's drawn a lot of criticism. Uh, Some local musicians in particular were pissed off that he chose uh, WXPN's kind of free, smaller local music festival rather than, you know, one of his bigger platforms in which to do it. I think that's probably to overlook the fact that it was the day after Donald Trump's uh, acceptance of the Republican nominee, which clearly, you know, kind of wound him up. I guess, and, and yeah, it's way too detailed and way too messy to get into the sort of back and forths that he's been having on Twitter and all the rest of it. The question, I guess, is where do we stand on artists taking an approach like this in, at a gig or at a festival? How much can a customer demand um, that the artists deliver when you go to see them live? I think we should ask the musicologist. Well, I'm
3: I, glad I gl- he's asked that. Um, well, I think... Um, it's it's admirable and uh, and I like when artists make political statements, but make it in your music. Don't don't stop the show. Don't Beyonce did it at the Super Bowl. Kendrick Lamar did it at the Grammys. It it can be done and it can be done well. Don't don't stop your show to give out to people. That's something Bob Geldof does. That's not <laughs> something Father John Misty does. You know. Yeah,
1: and and I think the other thing is that when if you do it in your music, especially, basically, like. The, if there's a transaction involved, so to speak, mm. if you do it in your music, you know you can take it or leave it as a fan or as yeah. a customer. You don't have to buy that. You don't have to listen to it. Yeah. If you're buying a ticket to a gig and if you're at the gig, basically that like it's done. The transaction's done. You've paid for a service, and you know it's it's always bad when you kind of say you owe us something. Yeah, I,
3: I I avoid kind of going there but but i think uh, you're right
1: yeah as a term it does sort of bring up connotations of you know dance monkey dance sort of thing but yeah i think you know if you go to see someone in a live setting and you've paid your money you've paid your tickets the reason why i say i'm disappointed that craig isn't here is because we know that at longitude a couple of weeks ago he was very much drawn to it by father john that's why he bought his ticket mm, really mm. yeah and so if you had been faced with something like this yeah i think you'd have every right to be upset I think so, and but then again, like, you know, obviously there is that kind of
2: thing of like you know you're not going to the cinema, you're watching something that is happening in the moment, and there's ever, always the possibility for something to either go wrong or even go right. In the, in as much as like someone doing something completely off script could go that way, it is a bit of a cheap move, especially when, as you kind of said before, he didn't do it at a bigger festival. That's he, the problem yeah, I yeah. have with it. And he played bit. like what, and a night or two later, another festival and just did a set. Yeah. And you know, someone can have an off day, and they can be pissed off. What's going on in the world? And I would agree with Andrea in as much as I want my musicians to be pissed off or at least be aware of things and, you know, like have an opinion, essentially, yeah. not, not just go through the motions. And to be fair, like, I mean, like if he was genuinely crestfallen or depressed and maybe as an artist and obviously he throws himself into this persona quite a bit and wears it on his sleeve, wears it on his Twitter account, wears it fucking everywhere he goes. It's very, very possible that everything he did wasn't contrived and he was genuinely upset.
3: I, I don't get the impression it was contrived at all. I
2: get the impression it was a little bit contrived. Do you reckon? Just a little bit because, I mean, like, again, his persona is a bit contrived anyway and I yeah. like him.
1: You see, that's one of the things though, that strikes me is because, like you say, he does have a contrived per- persona as Father John Misty, mean, the whole thing is a character. We know that. Um, I mean, I put it this way because you watch something not dissimilar that when Mark Kozilek comes out and performs what is close enough to an improvised ten minute song. He plays something stupid on a piano. That's <laughs> something fine stupid by Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman? Not quite that oh, version, okay. no, sadly. Okay. That but that's been what been you fun. expect from Marcos like her from uncle exactly. Moon. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. And then again, you expect, that's what makes it okay. Yeah, you expect
1: the unexpected, sense. but
2: maybe that's what he's moving towards here. Maybe I follow John Misty wants his shows to be that. Um it'll have to come to pass now that he does stuff like this more often mm-hmm. in order to kind of back that up and I'll, and then build that kind of cult of personality even further. Um, but yeah, I mean, like i'm still with the guy but i did find myself kind of shaking my head a bit at this and even on twitter like like he like one of the guys who got involved with him he was having a back and forth with him and again not to go into because it, it's just too fucking long but he did there's a quote where he's like Yeah, uh, he goes the future is gonna have a heyday with us and our reality tv mussolini but at least you'll be able to say that you did your best to tweet at the dissenters so he's kind of implying that that guy is doing that to be seen on twitter and get retweets and get likes and shit but mm. follow John he does that as well so yeah. i'm not sure anyone comes out here that's covered in in a lot of glory. If I was a big Father John Misty fan and I got that, I'd be disappointed. But I'd also like to think that I'd be like, well, hey, that was a moment,
1: you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it should be noted that if you remember the the Finnish ruling on the Chuck Berry gig, if it had happened in Finland, you'd be due 50% off. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, any Finnish uh, Father John Misty fans who happen to be at that show, maybe look into your statutory rights. Um, The questions of what sort of character... Uh, he is becoming or that he is at this point is going to be revisited in a couple of minutes when we look at one of the tracks of the week that he has just unveiled but first a word from our sponsors This episode is sponsored by Bunsen so I stood outside Bunsen and asked some people
2: how their burger made them feel and I bumped into this Italian couple with their kids And I believe this Italian man has a better grasp of English vocabulary than anybody I know. How did the burger make you feel?
0: Made her feel randy. She's ready for more.
2: Don't even pretend that you don't want that burger. Bunsen, now on South Ann Street, as well as Temple Bar and Wexford Street.
1: So we mentioned there was new tunes from Father John Misty. Uh, This is Real Love Baby. Yeah, so controversies aside, at least we've got some new material, what do we make of it? Well, this
2: was out actually a little while ago on SoundCloud only, and this is now it being officially released as a single. We actually played a little bit of a snippet on the show before. Uh, I'm a fan. I think it's a lovely little hazy summer number. It's very straightforward. The lyrics are incredibly A to B. Uh, it fits right in
1: with his catalogue. Uh, he does it well. Do you think it does? This is something that I was kind of wondering as I listened to it, because I Love You Honey Bear was so tongue-in-cheek. And so, you know, does he mean this, does he not, that, I don't know, when, as you say, it's quite straightforward, I'm finding it difficult to find him truly genuine at times at this point. Well, this is obviously ties into what we were
2: just saying about that whole kind of cult personality thing. And, I mean, it's not necessarily do I find him genuine, do I believe him, it's more a case of like... These songs are just really enjoyable to listen to, and that's kind of all I really They're want. Very from, pretty songs. Yeah, that's probably a better really word for pretty. It. Like, if you're it, trying
3: to shift someone, you put it on and be like, "Yeah, do you want to like, listen to some Father John Misty?" Sashay over.
1: Yeah. yeah, but there's that just there's just that inherent humor of you know when you're smiling and astride me or something, yeah. that's very obviously missing here. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know, you wonder, as you we were saying, has something changed for him, for the character, as the case may be, rather than Joshua Tillman? I
2: like that he's keeping us guessing, though. I mean, yeah, like, he no. threw out um, He did an excellent cover of Nine Inch Nails Closer at a show oh, so a good. few months ago, and it looks fucking unreal. And that's as far away from this as you can get. And he manages to have the conviction with that as well. So, um, yeah, I quite like that he's a bit of a question mark and a bit of a dick. And, yeah, you're right. When he throws out a song like this, which seems like a very straightforward little ode ballad that he could have wrote in about fucking two hours, you're kind of like, well, you know, he can do better, you know, structurally, and do you really mean this? But at the same time, it's very nice. You'd rather (laughs) have it than not
3: have it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, But it it, it frustrates me, though, because I just, I know there's so much in his little, lovely brain that, like... Uh, he's such a clever man and he's such a fantastic musician and while I love this track and I love uh, I Love You Honey Bear it's just like oh, it gives a little bit more than just pretty summer songs
2: yeah you know? it
1: feels like a B-side but I mean like that's yeah. fine with me yeah and especially as a standalone release hopefully it's a sign of things to come uh, certainly what we know is a sign of things to come is Hamilton and L- Hamilton Lighthouser <laughs> I had to pause there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and Rostam, this is A Thousand Times. I had a
0: dream that you were mine. I've had that dream a thousand times. A thousand times. A thousand times. I've had that dream a thousand times. I-
1: Yes, yeah, so one ex-vampire weekend and the former frontman, or sorry, current frontman of the Walkman. What do we make of it? Because i got to be honest, it didn't do too much for me. I think it's beautiful. Um, I think this is a lovely, lovely song.
2: I'd be a huge fan of Hamilton Lighthouse's Laidhouse, voice. And in particular, he had a solo album a two years ago called Black Hours that I think nobody fucking listened to. And they really should have. Uh, it was lovely. And it sounded like him kind of like doing this kind of... Going, not going through the motions, but at least ticking specific boxes of different types of music. And he actually worked with Rostam on that record as well. Uh, there's a track on there called 5AM. It's the opening song on the album, which I've maintained should be a Bond theme ever since I heard it, because it's just okay. glorious. But he's also good at doing this kind of like summery, kind of croony, kind of, you know, almost Sinatra-esque click in his fingers thing. And actually, this song is clearly indebted to... Five hundred miles by Peter Paul and Mary, right, which was covered quite beautifully by Justin Timberlake, Carey Mulligan, and Stark Sands in the superb Coen Brothers movie Inside Llewyn Davis a couple of years ago, and that's pretty much why I like it. It follows that template. It's really just nice and relaxed, and but you know, you say you weren't crazy on it. I could listen to that guy sing anything. I
1: love that voice on a lower register. I think. Yeah,
3: it was the dynamics in it that kind of um I'm I'm sort of between the two of you like I while I was listening to it I was enjoying listening to it and I thought it was very pretty and um I thought his voice was lovely but at times I was like okay if he could bring this back in a little bit and that like if there was a little bit more of a give and take with the vocals or the dynamics of the of the instrumentation that I think I would have got a lot more out of it, but it just seems very straightforward to me. But I am a fan of his. So yeah, there's a like moment. Him. There's
1: a moment. to kind of about a minute in when it just kind of like suddenly gets like I won't say it suddenly gets emotionally charged. It was always emotionally charged, but you know what I mean. It goes from the low to the high, and yeah. and, and it, it feels not that I'm comparing the two in the slightest. It feels like that moment in Piano Man where Billy Joel suddenly starts like he's doing like a duet with himself. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it dragged me along in that direction, so to speak. I, yeah, was, I, I was
3: waiting for it to go somewhere. And then it, it went that that around minute and a half point. That's where it went instead. And I was like, oh, OK,
1: um,
3: maybe what I'm waiting for will still happen. And it didn't.
1: Yeah. At the same time, I mean, it, it, it's not bad by any means. No, no. And it Definitely ogre as well because I know I think I think it's full album. They are doing that, full album together, yes. Yeah, are they? I think yeah. it's I think it's in production right it now. It is. That it's, yep. Not near completion, this, but it's this interesting that the, you
2: both would kind of have that reaction, especially when Rostam himself has said that uh, when he, you know, when he announced he was leaving Vampire Weekend, which to me is a huge blow, especially yeah. coming in the wake of that last album, mm-hmm. Modern Vampires of the City, which is a
1: fucking masterpiece.
2: Yeah, and they're working on their fourth record, but obviously without him now, sadly. Even though they've wished him well.
1: Well, it but, should be said as well that you know, yeah, they're, they're working without him. Mm. Uh, Bio's doing a solo thing. Um, I mean, you know, Craig's bigging up his boy Ezra Koenig all the time, but you've got to think that he. Alone is sort of becoming vampire weekend. I at think this so, point, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Well, I mean,
2: this is the thing you talk about, like that idea of identity, and that's the quote from Rostin back in January. He says, "My identity as a songwriter and a producer needs to stand on its own." So you're not really hearing that in this song, are you? Well, especially when it sounds like the song I mentioned. It sounds like I I, I really like the song, but I will totally say it's not exactly the most original thing ever. No,
3: there. it's not. It's and and it's lo- like the thing I liked most about it was his voice. Mm-hmm. and i think that that's the issue i have with it um that i d- i don't think it was like the song is fine uh, it wasn't the song that got me though it was his voice so i'm i'm ready to hear more i'm go- i'm going to give the album so quite a big chance quite the
2: companion piece to the father john misty song in that regard then
3: yeah yeah, yeah just kind of maybe a little bit better songwriting As oh we say, if there
1: is a kind of a, a full length album on its way it's going to be a little while, so maybe there are some kings to iron out or, or some sort of expansion of the sound that we can expect at that point um, Moving along though uh, from Rostam to Rockstrong uh, Dublin's own Andre Bangala. this is his new tune, it's called Show Off What You Got That sounds like the song from a phone ad.
2: It does. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, he had a... One of his songs called Go Head was used on the trailer to Coen Brothers' movie Caesar. Song. And he actually won a Hopper's competition a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, it was ever so slightly before I got there. Fact, yeah. yeah.
2: And I remember seeing him with his band at Forbidden Fruit last year, and it was an absolute fucking train wreck.
3: No, really? It was
2: appalling. Uh-huh. Um, it, everyone was off. The, his kind of back in vocalist was out of time. Mm. There was feedback issues. That's obviously not his fault or their fault at all. But to me, it just came across as way too try-hard, a bit smug, and not very interesting whatsoever. And that's pretty much what I get from this song. I think that this is just noise, man.
1: To be fair, there is a level of production on this tune. I mean, it's not a chaotic mess, as you seem to be painting his, his, his live thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't like it. Mm. There I is no
2: excuse for this song to be five minutes long.
3: That's exactly it. Like, what like, the, the hell? The thing, like, I started listening to it, and I was like, no, no, no. Got to the second verse, and I was like, right, if you started the song here, if you started it in, in this verse with, with what you're doing here instead of what you did in the first verse, then that that would have kind of brought me in. And there was just, there was too much going on. He was trying to evoke too many different styles of music. Even in the production, there was too much going on. Um, and it's and it's disappointing because I got excited when I saw that this, this single was out because I'm a fan of
1: his other stuff. But The thing is, I can remember saying it about Macklemore after that very famous gig in which Dave got Joe.ie famous. Um, I'm so famous this year. But more <laughs> is similarly, there's almost a cynicism to it, whereby they've kind of looked at what's popular now, what works for music, and how many of these styles can we shoehorn into the same track? Yeah,
3: and You could say the same for the music video as well. Yeah. Okay. What's stylish and what yeah. is stylish right now.
1: That's the other thing. I mean, yeah, it, there is... More than a passing resemblance to, to Downtown, that Macklemore tune. and Which is infinitely superior to this. Yeah. And uh, downtown's, downtown's a bit of crack. Downtown's good. It
2: just. Yeah. Downtown, like when Downtown <laughs> hits, when that actually hits. When it hits.
3: Oh, seriously. Like when Downtown
2: gets downtown. going and it, and it hits that kind of peak, it's fucking great. Ah, right?
3: uh, okay. This, though, is. I, th- I think
2: cynicism is totally the right word. And yeah. It's just like I'm all for ambition. I'm all for confidence. Believe me, I am. But this crosses over into arrogance, I
1: think. The one thing I will say is that it is the lead single from an EP. So uh, I think it's actually released this weekend. So we'll be able to have a listen to it. Maybe it's not entirely representative. Maybe this is the kind of cash grab, you know, radio friendly single. um, That that leads the way for slightly more interesting stuff behind it. We'll wait and see. Um, Speaking of cash grab... (laughs) This is Smash Mouth. <laughs> Fucking Smash Mouth, <mate>, folks. Because <laughs> love is a soldier. Oh, <laughs> oh, Because love is a
0: soldier. Because love is a soldier.
1: So yeah, this is one I didn't see coming. No one saw this coming. Smash mouth, uh for the Uninitiated by chance, if you've managed to forget, um, are best known for this. Hey're Hey're the show on get paid. And, and, and yet, yeah, the Shrek song, if you will. I
2: saw I saw a YouTube comment saying Shrek Five is going to be lit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I just say that I think that I made this happen? Okay, how famous are you getting, Wait, Shrek Five? No, no, uh, this new Smash Mouth song. I think I, I I think I'm responsible for this somehow because I did karaoke for the first time in my life there a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you can blame Richie McCormick for that. And basically, I the first song I sang on karaoke, nowhere near drunk enough, was um. Not that one, but uh, "Walking on the Sun" by Smash Mouth. That's what I picked out nervously Jeez. out of the book, and I gave it. I gave it welly man. I went for it, and wh- what? Two weeks later, there's a new Smash Mouth song. Come on, yeah, but- Butterfly Effect. Yeah. Right, a man picks up a microphone in a <laughs> it, it, in a karaoke booth in Dublin. Uh, and then across the across the seas in California, Something horrible switches. things happen.
1: <laughs> in Smash mouth, the video. winds are changing. Smashmouth
2: are listening to some David Guetta. Yeah, okay,
1: and they I, think I mean and they think we could do that. Andre is starting to worry the armrests. So go on, you've got the floor.
3: Uh, what is this? It's horrible. It's everything I hate about being in a nightclub. It's that that horrible like build up to the chorus where you're waiting for the drop like get fucked i just absolutely hated it can uh, i say that the it's lyrics? genuinely
1: not as bad as i expected nah. it was gonna be
3: nah. <laughs> no 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 you know
1: what i'll go with you on that one because the since,
3: lyrics
1: simply because what, uh, sex is a gun or something is that
3: yeah I sex mean? is a gun and your uh, ammunition. ammunition or something i yeah. thought go no love is a soldier it doesn't mean anything it's Banal.
2: I think it's better than Rockstar. <laughs>
3: rock
2: strong, you mean? No, no, Rockstar. Oh, sorry, their original t- tune. Uh, oh, sorry. No, this is definitely better than the Rockstar <laughs> song for by a mile. Uh,
3: yeah. one- it's neither better than I, Rock strong or Rockstar. Thank you very much.
1: I listen to this a <laughs> lot more than I listen to show off what you got. The one thing that I will say about this tune is that it, yeah, like it's awful. But at least least it sounds like they've achieved what they were going for. This doesn't sound like one of those situations where they had a song lying around and then said, kids like EDM these days, don't they? Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll give them that. That sounds exactly what they... It doesn't sound as disjointed as I was expecting. It doesn't sound like they made their song and then said, uh, can anyone just uh, drop some beats on this? Well, the worst thing about the song is the... your Here's
2: your bog-standard female backing vocal on an EDM song.
3: Oh, who is she? What was she doing I there? can't even
2: imagine. I, I guarantee she's not even a real person. Yeah, I like, it, like she... I guarantee it's like something in, like, you know, Logic 12. And they're like, just oh, put that in. Yeah. um No, like, don't get me wrong. No one is advocating that this is a, a good song. Mm-hmm. But it ain't as bad as you think it would be. And if you, if it was three in the morning and I was in that karaoke bar and oh, this was.
1: Let's not.
2: <laughs> let's not go there, mate. That's a stretch. I
3: wholeheartedly disagree with. And I. I- I find what you're saying about uh, Rockstar just slanderous. Okay, well, look, I mean, like it's photos. not
2: going to be on the best songs of 2016 or anything. And as a matter of fact, uh, on the Headstuff music section at the moment, we have uh, the best songs of the half year. Uh, like, obviously, it's August now, but it's up online. And uh, 30 tracks as chosen by Headstuff contributors. And, you know, the odd kind of pithy one liner from me. There's a Spotify playlist as well. I have to say, I think it's. Really, really good stuff, and I must uh, say that there was some stuff on there i 'd never heard before, kind of you know, some genres i wouldn 't really normally get into, and I think it flows very, very well. There were so many songs that we could have included, and at the end of the year we 'll do a more considered rundown complete with kind of like a countdown this is more of an alphabetical thing so if you are looking for some new music and you want to kind of keep up with what we thought was the best stuff this year head on to the of music section and engage with that Spotify playlist
1: it's fucking great and when we're doing our end of year roundups chances are these guys will have a point to play it's our album of the week and it's Wild Beasts the new one Boy King Yeah, that's Wild Beasts and Get My Bang. It's taken from Boy King, the new record. Um, we've all been giving this a spin for the past week, for more than a week, to be fair. Um, comes out this Friday, by the way, for anyone listening to this on the Monday. And yeah, I think we were all really excited to to sink our teeth into it. And yeah, I don't think it disappointed I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I think this is like it's. It's also great in terms of the timing. We mentioned we mentioning the first half of the year, and kind of one of the points I was making was that the front half of the year was just so front-loaded, and there's so much great music out there that I, you know, what, what I what I expect will be great, but I haven't even gotten to. And it's an amazing complaint to have. It's a real first-world problem when you're kind of saying that oh my god, there's too much great music this year. And we kind of said in the podcast like it's slowing down a little bit hopefully that doesn't mean that everyone's kind of got the good stuff out of the way uh and this to me is a good indicator that we're we're gonna have a full year of this um i i've talked about this kind of recently in the podcast there's just something really enjoyable about Wild Beast um, and something very, very enjoyable when when they lean full into that kind of, you know... Oh, they're so sexy. Sexy, tongue so in cheek sexy, thing. Yeah. And that happens like pretty much like Big Cat, mm-hmm. which we talked mm-hmm. about before. That's the first track on here, and that really
1: sets the tone. Um, yeah, I feel in terms of setting the tone, we should probably jump out ahead of this review and say that you can probably put the word faux or affected in front of it, half the words we might use here. So when we say, you know, it's sleazy, it's faux sleazy. Yeah. Or, or you know, kind of like faux swagger, faux aggression, whatever you want. But, yeah, I mean, the first couple of singles definitely were the right indication of what to expect. It's definitely set the tone for the record. And there's a reason, I guess, why why they lead straight out the gate, because they are the sort of mission statement for Boy King.
2: Well, uh, George Moraghan, uh, who was on the last episode, he's, he's, he, uh, he's reviewed the album for Headstuff Music. And his kind of contention, his kind of takeaway really is that he says, Boy King is another tongue-in-cheek projection of alpha masculinity that
1: gives way to more serious romantic matters when occasionally required
2: to. Ooh. And I think that kind of nails it, really.
1: I think it's yeah. very fair. The, the key track on this album, it's not the best one, not by a long shot, but the newest single, Tough Guy, I think is basically that's the moment where the fourth wall breaks. That is, you know, kind of Alfie winking at the camera. Shall we have a
2: very quick listen to that? (laughs)
1: So basically, that's the song where it's just saying, look, you know, this is put on, this is affected, so that you can discard some of the, you know, just overt, kind of like whoa, factor. I mean, Craig, I remember, was talking about listening to Big Cat and his sister just being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But once you hear Tough Guy, you start to understand the approach a little bit more, and for me... It Yeah, it, it it puts both what came before it and especially what came after it in an altogether different light.
3: And I, I don't think that um, they're kind of, there's like sexiness and they're like swagger and stuff. I don't even think it's required to be tongue in cheek. If that's the type of music you want to be making, make it. And as Dave said, like they sound like they're having... I think you said it last week, that they're having a really, really good time writing these tunes and recording these tunes. You can hear it in the production. Yeah. Like, on on certain tracks, you can hear them play around with the production and you can visualise them giggling in the studio going, yeah, that sounds great. And it's like, you you don't need to have an excuse to to play that kind of character. Just Just do it, go for it. The and one thing it. I would
1: say is that, again, and, you know, this whole episode seems to be linking together quite well, As Father John Misty, we were saying, you know, when you play that character, if you're being genuine, it can sometimes be hard to identify. George kind of hit the nail on the head when he said that they do the kind of heartfelt stuff quite well when required. And for me, I think it's only because you know that their characters, the song like To Be You or or Celestial Creatures, seems to have some sort of authenticity that I think otherwise would probably be lost. You kind of be like, well, is this another cynical ploy by these guys?
3: And I was waiting for those songs when I was going in, listening to it. I was I was so ready to hear those tracks, and and they absolutely nailed it. Dreamliner is yeah
2: wonderful. That's the closing track, and that's that's Cole's making a face here. Oh, that is like yeah no wistful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, beautiful this is the song. Thing, It's
1: a beautiful song, and I mean it is that cliched. It couldn't be anything other than a closing track. Yeah, yeah I just can't feel help feel, but it's the closing track to a very different album. That's fair that's fair I can like, see I that I can hear this as closing fucking Anohni's album sure absolutely not this Beast. so one. why do you think that they did that honestly maybe just to show they can I'm not sure that, um, that their
3: kind of cheekiness is yeah, in, like, the, oh, we're also really good songwriters. <laughs> the, one,
1: the one thing about this record is that even when the pace drops, even when, you know, that, that sort of veil falls and they can do the heartfelt stuff, it like it never loses its rhythm and it never loses its way. Mm. Um, I think a lot of that is down to, I mean, I, I don't know, like, given that it's so electronic, I don't think you can say rhythm section. <laughs> like it's like it's a bassist and a drummer just sitting there. This but, whole album is
2: a fucking rhythm section. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: but it's especially that low end. I mean, like when you hear that kind of like weird chipmunk sample on Ponytail, it's oh, that's like great. That, that's going to overpower any track unless you have a really solid bass, you know, pun mm. intended Um, for Dreamliner to just be dropped in at the end of all of this. I don't know, it it was slightly jarring. I think that Two B
2: U kind of has hints of it. I think that, that that's, I think so too. I think yeah. that song has a a bit more emotion and like it's right there in the middle than what kind of comes before and afterwards. Granted, if you wanted it to be perfectly kind of symmetrical, you would open the record with something like that, but they clearly wanted to get down to business straight away mm-hmm. with this kind of throwback seventies synth kinda, of, you know, dirty and again, you know, the word affected and mm-hmm. or like foot mm-hmm. sh- sh- in front of this. Um yeah, I can completely agree with what you're saying, but nonetheless, it's I'm a sucker for a great ending of a movie, like a great yeah. cut to credits, and I'm a sucker for a great last song. Um, obviously, I've mentioned this album so many times that you know people are probably sick of me saying it, but Spiritual Songs for Lovers to Sing by Lost Under Heaven mm-hmm. has one of the most beautiful fucking ending tracks I've ever heard uh, with The Great Longing, and it sounds almost like a Rod Stewart song. So, and that's not as out of place. But then again, that's on an album with a song like Beneath the Concrete and a song like Sorrow. So... Mm-hmm. I'm not, I think it would sound a lot more jarring if they didn't pull off with the grace and the aplomb in that the song itself is so strong.
1: Oh yeah, look, the song itself is fantastic. I guess my main issue with this would be that, and now granted, it hasn't happened yet. I've just kind of been reviewing the album, listening to it somewhat out of necessity, so to speak. Not that I haven't been enjoying it, Mm. but I can't picture a day where I'm going to be in a mood to listen to this record. While simultaneously being in the mood to listen to Dreamliner, that's the bottom line for me. I can picture one where I'm going to be marching about town, listening to the first nine tracks hmm. with a spring in my step, and kind of want uh, that ending.
3: I, I kind of feel this way about it, th- this putting Dreamliner there at the end reminds me of Hot Fuss by the Kill- the Killers' first album, and that ending track, which was everything will be our, mm-hmm. everything will be all right. Yeah. And you could nearly say the same thing. Like it, it had the same electronic elements. It had certain elements from the rest of the album, but like that, very, very, very different and a different mood to the rest of the album. But it clo- like tracks like that close off the album very well, and it's it's a little bookend to just be like we're we're leaving you with with this album, and yeah. here here's a nice little pretty part at the end. Enjoy that. I don't know. It's like I, I don't feel like an album has to. We're we're not listening to albums in uh in, in that way anymore. We're not listening to it. Yeah. Uh Tracks one through ten. You're, you're going to get Dreamliner. You're going to put it on your sad mu- music playlist. You're going to get Get my bang. You're going to put it on your bangers playlist. <laughs> oh, is
1: this what they teach in musicology? We, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, well,
3: as a musicologist. <laughs> we're, just ro-
1: we're just rocking with old-fashioned albums.
3: But it's enough. true. It's I'm glad she finally
2: said as a musicologist. Uh, the whole episode, <laughs> that's all I wanted. Was to, well, as a musicologist, guys, I've got this.
3: But it's true. But we're not listening to music like that anymore. So it doesn't doesn't really matter.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, like, Maybe it could even be like, hey, this is what we're going to do with our next record. I don't think it is, but there's yeah. always the possibility of it being kind of a crossover thing. Yeah, and to be
1: perfectly honest, though, listening to this album, and I mean, it is really, really high quality. I mean, we said the singles set the tone, and we've already heard four of those. Uh, when the album lands on Friday, you'll see that quite a bit of it follows that uh, that sort of model. You'll see that, you know, a couple of the other slower songs are uh, are extremely impressive as well. When they've hit... A vein this rich, I wouldn't want them to follow a different direction for the next album. In fact, I would say hurry up with another release mm, that very much yeah, follows yeah. this. Because you imagine that there are B-sides and offcuts. Mm-hmm. And especially if you think that there are going to be B-sides and offcuts where they kind of let loose in studio. Yeah. And carry ideas further. Get even That sexier. could just be incredible. And yeah, that's the other thing. I'm really looking forward to hearing this album live.
2: Oh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, To throw one last thing out that George kind of mentioned was he described them as uh, one of the last interesting guitar bands in a very, very fallow period for indie. And I think especially because guitars play a bit of a backseat on this record, that's okay. You know, like you can Absolutely. totally just you know like, and
3: I feel like live it it, it will be a bit different. I think so, yeah. yeah. I,
2: I think they'll probably do a national and like you know put yeah. a bit more umph fun things. And yeah, I cannot wait. I saw them a couple of years ago. I can't wait now, especially because of this record. It goes by pretty quickly as well. I think it's an absolute home run. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you're not going to see them this year because they're playing Electric Are Picnic, they? and you're well, not I, going. Well,
2: well, I'm not going, but I hope that whoever is programming <laughs> them has the sense to not do what they did the last time they played Picnic and put them on the stage, the main stage during the day at four o'clock. I, in I the hope sun, not I where hope. Where they were not. completely lost. Put them in a fucking I Definitely. I, tents, can, I can yeah. definitely
1: get my sleeves on at four o'clock in the afternoon, mate. I don't know what you're saying. If
2: I'm at an well, electric picnic, certainly. Well, that was never in doubt. Okay, both. Jesus. <laughs> T- took a very strange turn. But again, affected. Affected sleeves, guys. Not real. Faux sleeves.
1: Yeah, so Craig has already uh, remotely given this album an eight out of ten. Bingo tick. Um, Dre, what do you reckon?
3: I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of ten.
1: Dave? 8.5 out of 10. And I'm going to go with Craig and give an 8. So it's all round, extremely high scores for Wild Beast. The album is out this Friday. Oh. Uh, yeah. Enjoy- oh, the cover, by the way. Enjoy. The art, the
2: artwork is, is, is maybe my favourite of the year. Oh, yeah, it, it looks shows. fantastic.
1: I just got a digital stream. I've no idea.
2: Oh, well, you're in for a treat, buddy. Okay. It's very kind of like, you know, like galaxy type thing. It's just really over the top and crazy, as they should be. So, yeah, um, before we wrap it up for this week, um, we should note that our, our, our I guess, you know, our regular musicologist, you know, she's ours, guys. Hands off. Uh, Stay away. going to be doing a lecture. Oh, God. Uh, Headstuff Lectures was a inaugural event last month and it proved quite successful. Louise Burton was amongst many people who were giving lectures on the preferred subject of their choice to a sold-out workman's club. It returns on the 10th of August, I believe.
3: It's mm-hmm. the 10th of
2: August. Eight euro in, is that correct? It's eight euro in. And for that, you'll get to see Andrea get on stage, rock the <sighs> mic. She's not going to tell us what she's talking about, but you can give us the title, can't you?
3: I'm the title of my talk is "There is no such thing as music,"
1: which again would leave us fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: reading. me, I've based an academic career yeah. on it.
1: Okay, well so that's it for the non-music. <laughs> no, don't go ahead. That's Podcast. a that's a hell of a teaser,
2: I must say. So Thank yeah, you. go along and you know heckle her. I guess no, don't heckle her. That, that'd be terrible. Have
3: a pint with me. Have a pint Bring your her. bingo.
2: Well. She says there's no music, but we're going to close with some music because, you know, that's what we always do. Uh, There's a band from Dublin that they call Almost Ghosts. Uh, Shout out to David Dooley, who's a very nice chap altogether. Hi, David Dooley. (laughs) I know you as well. (laughs) Uh, We interviewed them on Heads Heads of Music last year, actually. Uh, They're good lads, and they have a new song as part of a... Actually, you know what? We're we're, we're kind of breaking some rules here, guys, because we're actually officially premiering it a day early because they're releasing it on the 2nd of August. So essentially, you know, tough luck, it's wild yeah we, there will be no embargo <laughs> so yeah this is the, okay alright let's wrap it up uh, my name is Dave Henry there has been oh, there has been this has been no encore there will be no encore that's how it's done it's just because as a musicologist in the room I'm all flustered Andrea thank you so much for coming in
3: thank you very much for having me
2: Colin, thank you for coming in always a pleasure Craig I hope that you're feeling proud of yourself buddy this is Almost Ghosts this is Light Falls take care I
0: production of the headstuff podcast network